every species on the planet lives optimally in their correct environment and eating the diet that they're supposed to eat. And humans are the only ones that have gone away from it. And that started with agriculture, right? And then there's, you know, the last hundred years is when it really started going bad. And the last 20, 30 years is when it really, really started going bad. And what we're doing is just going more and more away from foods from nature. Hey guys, welcome back to the Digest This Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Cameron. And today I have Brian Sanders on with me. And he is the filmmaker behind the Food Lies documentary, host of the top five nutrition podcast, Peak Human, and co-founded the health education company, Sapien. He graduated from UCLA and works as a health coach at Evolve Healthcare and is here today to share his knowledge. Hey guys, I actually need to tell you that if you're not subscribed to my newsletters, they come out every Friday and they're called Friday Finds. This is information that only my subscribers get in their inbox. I share new food finds I don't share on Instagram, food news, food trends, and products that aren't even on the market yet, but I've got the scoop. I also share special discounts and other recipes throughout the week. Again, only to my newsletter subscribers. This is not published anywhere else and cannot be found on my blog. I do not and never have shared any of your information. This is just another way to stay connected. So be sure you're in the know and subscribe to my weekly newsletters by going to littlesipper.com dot com slash subscribe and enter your email. That's it. So pause this episode and go to L-I-L-S-I-P-P-E-R dot com slash subscribe. Turns out everything you think you knew about probiotics may be wrong. It can get pretty confusing with the market saturated with probiotic everything. Let me give you my personal take and share what I got introduced to back in October. Seeds DS01 plant-based capsule is not only a probiotic, but a prebiotic. There are 24 strains of specifically formulated probiotics targeted for digestive health, gut immunity, as well as additional systemic benefits. There's actually a prebiotic capsule encapsulating the probiotic inside, which ensures that the probiotics actually make it to your colon with 100% survivability to do its job. Many think of pre and probiotics as only gut support. It does support the gut barrier, but Seeds DS01 also supports other areas of the body for whole body benefits, skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. Healthy regularity and an ease of bloating are just a few other common perks you may experience So if you want something to help balance out your bowels and start a new healthy habit for the new year and your life, go to seed.com slash digest25 and use code digest25 to receive 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. Thank you so much, Brian, for coming on the show. I am so excited to have you guys listen in. And Brian, why don't you, first of all, just introduce yourself and tell people how you got to be in the place you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Um, Well, I'm from Hawaii, born and raised. I had a typical family life. And then around 30 years old, I lost both my parents. Mm -hmm. So huge wake-up call, completely you know, changed what I was doing shook shook me up right i had to look into what i was eating mostly is what i found that what you eat drives your health more than anything of course you know exercise is good and there's some other factors but what you eat really matters and i saw them doing what they thought was right right they followed the guidelines we didn't eat out much we weren't barely eating fast food we were making our own food at home low fat products you know, grains, pasta, like doing the whole thing, 
correctly as per the dietary guidelines. And they just got sicker each year, gained weight around the belly. They weren't obese. They were, you know what I mean? They look like typical Americans. And this is not what should be happening. So um, they I, now looking back, I realized they had undiagnosed prediabetes, right? And I was looking up some statistics, uh, making a film called Food Lies about all this stuff, which actually turned into a six-part series. But uh, you know, we're using some of these stats. Like even the CDC says that eight out of ten people who have prediabetes don't know it. Right. Wow. So it's like, it's, it's just so crazy. And basically, well, you've heard the studies probably that 88% of the US is not metabolically healthy. There's been, you know, big studies that have shown that. And there's even a more recent one that said 92% are not metabolically healthy. So most people are just walking around not healthy and they don't even realize it. So they found that out the hard way diet, um, cancer, Alzheimer's. Um, so, I'm so, so sorry. obviously, yeah, yeah. Well, now it woke me up, right? So now I had to figure out how to not have that happen to me. And I was 30, you know, I was getting the dad bod. I was turning into that typical American with the joint pain and allergies and acid reflux and extra weight, you know, around my stomach. And I was, you know, oh man, I can't go hiking anymore. You know, my my knees hurt or like I can't play all the sports that I used to play completely reverse all that. I don't have these allergies anymore. I don't have all this joint pain, no more acid reflux. Like all this stuff just went away when I changed my diet. And I'm almost 40. I'm wow. out there playing beach volleyball. I was out there playing beach volleyball all weekend. I played for three hours on Saturday morning. And then I played another couple hours yesterday. Uh, so on you're, Sunday. Wow. You're almost 40. And so this happened about 10 years ago is when you made the switch. It wasn't all at once, right? It was a journey. And we could talk about that kind of for people and how you can like slowly, you know, make these changes as you go. But uh, basically really changed my diet eight years ago and then maybe eight and a half and then really went full-time on this six years ago. So uh, I've been full-time making the film, doing the podcast, working as a health coach with Dr. Gary, doing all kinds of stuff to spread the word about this diet stuff. I definitely want to get into food lies and also prediabetes. So obviously there's tests that people can do to see if they are prediabetic, correct? Yeah. I mean, you can get a blood panel from your doctor and they look at your lab, mark, you know, your cholesterol levels. They look at HbA1c. So the A1c is this marker. It's, you know, it's your blood sugar basically for the past month or so. And that can tell you a lot. But a lot of doctors, if the limit's like 5.7. And if you're below 5.7, they're just like, ah, you're fine. You know? Yeah. And so it's a huge problem. And there's also people get their glucose. You get like your fasting glucose. But the problem is it can be in the normal range. And you don't realize that you have tons and tons of insulin problems. Because the insulin is keeping your blood sugar stable and keeping it low, right? So my understanding of it, I'm not the doctor here, but I, you know, I interview a lot of doctors, work with doctors. You can have high insulin levels for years and years and years, and it's doing its job to control your blood sugar, right? But it could be pumping out more and more insulin, and you could be becoming more and more insulin resistant, right? Which is basically type two diabetes, and doctors don't really know it because the insulin is doing its job, right? It is putting your blood sugar kind of into range, and so you think you're okay. And these insulin tests are kind of hard to do. There's like more advanced insulin tests that no one does. The doctors don't even realize, you know, how this stuff works. So that's why I think a lot of it goes undiagnosed because the doctors aren't even trained to look at this properly. For one thing, two, that you know, the tests are expensive. Like we had this woman who was part of the film and she was overweight and had PCOS and was trying to get pregnant and having problems. So it was very there was a high need for her to look at her metabolic health, right? PCOS is definitely a metabolic problem. And the doctors wouldn't give her this insulin test that Dr. Gary ordered for her. You know, they're just like, why? What do you mean? You're like 32, like you don't need this. We're like, no, she has PCOS and she can't get pregnant. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is, oh, yeah, a lot of problems with the system. And oh, the last thing I was gonna say third, which is what you wanted to talk about, I know too, is that the reference ranges are insane yeah. too. 
it's unfortunate because I feel like a lot of doctors, they won't order a test unless they see a need for it. So if you look healthy, you seem like you're a healthy average American, they get audited. They have to go through, you know, they can't be like, oh, I'm going to have all these tests ordered because the doctors are, are really trying to look out for themselves because on their side, they know that they're being scrutinized of every order or every test that they order. So if you look healthy and tests are coming back in the normal range, they're not going to pursue that. And you really do have to be your own health advocate. And speaking about normal, quote, normal ranges, I feel like normal ranges, they're changing constantly. And what what was normal 100 years ago is not normal today. Unfortunately, borderline obese is now considered normal, but is that healthy? Let's talk about the the pre-diabetes. Is that now considered, quote, normal? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a difference between normal, well, normal and typical, right? I, I use the phrase typical American before because that's typical for people to have pre-diabetes 88% to be metabolically unhealthy, but it's not normal. It shouldn't be normal. Or I guess you should say it is normalized, right? In, in the culture, but it's not normal for a human to have prediabetes. It's not normal for a human to be so overweight. You know, actually, I bought some new shorts the other day. I hate shopping. I hate clothes. I hate all that. I don't care about brands. <laughs> anyway, I had to buy some new shorts. I just had to. And I was wearing a size small and they were too big for me. I went to like a mainstream. I'm like, what? I'm like a normal size guy. Like I should not have to be wearing small size shorts that are still too big. We've just raised this average of, you know, I used to wear a medium. All of a sudden, these clothing outlets are <laughs> had to raise all their sizes. They're like, changing I can't the wear. Size. Yeah. yeah, I can't wear any of the normal clothes. I'm like, I am what any human should be. I went to Africa two years ago and spent some time with the hunter-gatherers. I saw what humans should look like, right? What humans look like for thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of years is what they look like. They would not be able to fit any of the clothes. They would have to wear children's size clothes. I'm almost having to wear children's size clothes because even the children are obese. Like I am a normal size dude. I have like a 28-inch waist, 29-inch waist. Like this is what I should be for my size. Yeah, It's almost impossible to find pants or shorts that are size 28 or 29. It's funny you mentioned that because just thinking about it, I've experienced kind of similar situations. I even, I buy from the same, typically the same clothing store. I bought some pants and I was like, oh, I, I know my size. I've shopped there before, same size. And it was like, they didn't, the, the size was different as well. And I was like, I, do I need to get a smaller size? But my other pants from them fit fine that I bought like five years ago. You know, like what's changed? So they do that in, in clothing that I'm just finding out, but they do that in the reference ranges for the labs, which is even worse. So a lot of people don't realize that, that that's how they do it. They just look like blood pressure or, you know, some of these cholesterol markers or some of these vitamin levels. They just look at the average population and they have to change the reference range to just be like, oh, well, this is normal for because this is what we're seeing. But that is not optimal at all. And this is not normal for humans. Like it's just shifted in the wrong direction. Almost every marker has shifted right in the wrong direction, whether it be up or down. It went the wrong way because we're getting unhealthier. And so they're just like, well, this is what we have to do or else everyone would be outside the range. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if we were actually optimal health, then everyone in America, well, you know, 90% per the statistics would be outside the range. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to talk about the bioavailability of foods and how that plays a role in what we should be eating and then the different nutrition and mineral aspects of one food versus another because, for example... I believe it's like a small percentage, maybe like 5% of calcium in spinach is absorbed in the body versus like yogurt or uh, calcium from milk and things like that. Is that true? Yeah. I don't remember the exact numbers, but they do have uh, these studies that do this and they have tables and ranges and uh, systems. Like one's called for protein, it's called PDCAS and there's DIAS. It's it's an acronym. But yeah, they, they do studies on this to find out 
And, and the high-level answer is that animal source foods are var, far more bioavailable and complete sources of protein and nutrients. That's just like a general thing. Not that you have to eat all animal foods or anything, but just people need to know this, you know? It, it's just like there's a, such a plant-based message out there that it kind of, people just think, oh, well, if it's plant-based, it's healthy. And I mean, it's fine. Plant-based is fine. You know, like plant source foods are fine. Mm -hmm. But this like kind of messaging that I think is a lot of marketing and a lot of companies like, you know, trying to do that is kind of skewing what the reality is, is that animal foods are more bioavailable. And it's kind of, just, it kind of makes sense where like, that's what an animal does. It provides a very useful service of upcycling these nutrients, right? It takes food, especially cows and ruminant animals like sheep and, you know, lamb and bison, they eat low quality grass and other, you know, forages, and they turn it into highly bioavailable nutrition for humans. And so there's this vegan message of like, oh, we should cut out the middleman. You know, why eat the animals? We can just eat the crops straight. And I'm like, no, you can't. For one, most of the stuff they eat is grass, right? We can't eat yeah. grass. We know this and whatever other forages. And then even if we could eat, you know, they're saying, oh, like corn and soy. And we, I mean, this stuff is not good nutrition for us. There's many other problems. It's covered in glyphosate and, and yeah. pesticides. You know, there's huge problems with this whole system. We can't just go eat these low quality crops. It's like the whole point of these animals is they provide a very valuable middleman service. If you're calling them middlemen, it's it's a huge service that puts the nutrition into forms that humans can digest completely and get all the nutrition from. So protein is a good example. You can get some actually good proteins um, if you isolate them. You know, like there's whey protein. There's all these other um, good proteins in the isolated form that are good. But in general, the the whole foods, you have to do animal-based to get the full bioavailable nutrients. So they actually use the whole food, like eggs as a and dairy products as like the benchmark of like this is a 1.0 like this is the full like 1.0 is in 100% and then you go down from there like 0.98 point you know and some of the these plant based are like 0.6 and then you could get down to wheat and like these low quality proteins that it's like 0 0.1 0 0.2 so oh i hope people don't think they're getting protein from wheat <laughs> although some yeah. people uh, do try isn't there like a textured wheat protein I, I've I've seen that it's textured wheat protein. Even like fake meat companies, they use that as the base. It's like seitan. Yeah, I mean, some of them have a little higher. Yeah, it some like uh, soy products, which have other problems like these estrogenic compounds and estrogen mimicking things. So I wouldn't say recommend those. But the, these the protein bioavailability is a lot lower. Uh, when you're talking about the the plant based stuff, uh, even quinoa, quinoa is like I don't know forty fifty. It's like 0.4, 0.5, It's it's point six. It's it's just nowhere near what the animal source is. And and you were talking about calcium. So there's a whole other side of just the minerals and vitamins, and and that's a different bioavailability as well. Calcium is a good example. Like you said, spinach. You're not getting it. There's the other stuff in spinach. There, iron. People think, oh man, spinach. You know, they they tout it as this great source of iron. You're not getting any of that iron. This is a completely different type of iron. Like you need the heme iron. This is what human like blood cells are made of, like heme iron. And this is what we get from eating meat. And if you get uh, this other plant source version of iron, that is not usable to our body. And then there's this the, the problem of anti-nutrients. So some of these compounds in plants that they use as defense chemicals block the absorption of the nutrients. So you're not getting what you think you're getting. And they've done studies to prove this. It's like pretty simple science that is not well known by the public. You're just not getting it. And then there's even just it being bound up in the fiber of plants, right? Like fiber uh, is fine, but it can bind up like the protein or bind up the minerals so that you just, they just go through your digestive system and you don't actually have access to them. Yeah. What is your current diet look like? Do you do you optimize food combining? Like what what's your protocol now? I am I try to call it sapien. I don't want to, you know, have like another name of a diet because I don't think you, your diet needs a name, but it's just what do humans need? And I think they need animal source foods as a primary source of protein and fat. 
and then you have a yeah a, a different array of plant foods to fill in the gaps from there and you can get some other nutrients there you can get flavor and variety and yeah I'll, uh, and even just feeling full um i like to have a diet that makes me feel full i think that's like people most people want to lose body fat right they don't want to lose weight you want to be careful not to lose muscle right you want to lose fat which is a whole other story that we can talk about later because there's a difference and you can't tell on the scale a lot yeah. right you just but you want to lose fat so you need all the protein and nutrients you can and we need to eat less energy right from fat or carbs and you need to feel full right and it's this battle of hunger it's like how do i get all my protein and nutrients i need but not be hungry right that that's like how to lose weight because it, it like no one wants to overeat right but so many people do and yeah. it's and and i think a lot of that has to do with you're eating the wrong foods right if you're eating these foods that don't keep you full like you eat a bag of potato chips you can eat the whole bag you're not saying shit at all because it's very low protein and nutrients it's like a bag of potato chips has almost no protein and nutrients it's just oil and starch right it's just a whole bunch of oil and starch so those are these energy calories energy just means fat or carbs right it's like just extra energy your body wants protein and nutrients and it needs energy in the form of fats or carbs in the right amount right to get you through the day most people they're eating way more than they need of these energy calories no one ever got fat off of protein and nutrients uh, yeah i will debate someone <laughs> about that I, I don't think it's possible what you got fat off of is extra energy from fats or carbs or both usually both right it's just this combination of hyper palatable foods and they just put in a bunch of fake flavorings fats and carbs together very low protein you can eat forever either you're not going to feel full in the moment or you're just going to feel full for only like an hour right or yeah. two hours and then you well, you want to eat more and ultra processed foods too i mean companies know what they're doing and they're putting in things like natural flavors which is actually you know a flavor enhancement that makes you crave that food even more and you actually do crave it and of course they're adding sugar to even like meats and you know sausages and things like that and so the industry knows what they're doing and some people are like man i just like i crave it and it's i think it's also just the ultra processed foods yeah no they know what they're doing there's food scientists that get paid a lot of money to do this there's a great author called mark schatzker who writes a lot about this he wrote a book called the dorito effect which really yeah. goes into this he was on my podcast oh yeah that's great you've had him on because not everyone knows who he is his new book is called The End of Craving. Speaking of craving, and he's he's the man. I love him. I've had him on a couple of times as well. I almost visited him. He's up in Toronto. Uh, but I mean, he spells it out. There's other books too, Salt, Sugar, Fat, I think it's called. There's just all these books and I, I hope it's well known now that these food industries do this on purpose. So the easy way to do it is to avoid all the packaged foods. I guess it's easier said than done. But I just eat foods from nature. You know, I guess getting back to what I eat, I just eat single ingredient foods. You know, yeah. it's like I just buy foods. I can go to a normal grocery store too. I mean, I like to go to the farmer's market and try to, you know, get better source stuff. But if I, I can go to Costco, my cart looks completely different than anyone else. My cart is meat and eggs and, you know, some produce. produce. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's like I have meat, eggs, and produce, and everyone else has boxes and boxes and packages, and it's overflowing with everything under the sun that's in a box or package. And I have zero of that. And it, it's just, it's like foreign to people to, to do this, you know, and just get simple foods and make them. And I like that. I like your Instagram too. It's like how to make simple foods out of like two ingredients, three ingredients, you know, it's like just yeah. put them together and you have you're good. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know what the ingredients are, or if you, if you can't recreate something in your own house, then it, it's ultra processed. You know, if you're looking at, a, at something on a box or a bag and you're like, I don't even know what this is, that should tell you something right there. And the ingredients really should be the, 
the final product, like you were saying, you eat just one single ingredient food, maybe, you know, add some salt and pepper, some spices or whatever you want. But the ingredient is the food. (laughs) It's the meal. Well, that's what I eat. So I should get more specific on what I eat. I kind of eat the same thing a lot. Like I eat two meals a day. I just, I like to eat two big meals. That's just how I roll. And I don't like to snack. I think a lot of people get in trouble snacking. Uh, But these two meals, I get a plate of say a beef sausage. Well, I have my own meat company. So it's it's like, uh, it's called- Nose to tail, tail, right? Yeah. So I get a good beef sausage. Uh, We we ship 48 states actually. Um, So get a good beef sausage, get some good eggs, local eggs. Get some cheese, avocado, sauerkraut, pickles. I'm done. Uh, I'm done. Like it's just big plate of food. There's like seven things on it. So delicious. You know, it's so good. They're all just single ingredient things. It's like a little buffet. And it's a full full spectrum of nutrients, right? I have some some like I'm getting my most of my protein and fats from animal source foods. I'm getting good solid thing. Oh, I was getting some avocado. I'm getting some fats from avocado. And then I have, you know, the sauerkraut, the pickles, I'll throw some jalapenos on there. It's like I'm getting these plant foods too that add some more probiotics, that add some more mm-hmm. um just even like volume to the plate. Speaking of satiety and feeling full, like I think it's important to feel full. Uh in when you're eating your meal too. It's like the sauerkraut and pickles, it's like that is helps you know people struggling with like eating too much if you eat these well i hate to talk about calories but but sauerkraut and pickles are very low calorie foods right they're yeah. low energy foods they don't have barely any fat or carbs in them they're just sort of like water and fiber and they're they're delicious and they have the probiotics and they're just they're filling up your stomach so people who have trouble eating too much add some of these foods like sauerkraut and pickles and get some good animal protein and fat because that's the the basis of satiety and feeling full for a long time is protein and fat, right? I'm eating the beef sausage, I'm eating eggs, I'm eating mm-hmm. some cheese, eating avocado. That keeps me full for the long term. The pickles, the sauerkraut, that fills up my stomach, maybe, you know, right in the shorter yeah. term. And I'm great and I'm set. Instantly, yeah. And avocados are great and they're super high in fiber too. I don't think a lot of people know that. So you're getting a full spectrum of definitely tons of different nutrients, which is a great example of a perfect meal. Yeah. And then for dinner, I'll just i do a completely different version, but it's like I'll have a hunk of beef or lamb as my base. I can eat some sauteed onions and mushrooms, you know, maybe some sweet potato. You know, I kind of like base my carbs on if I'm working out, you know, it's like, all right, I'll get some more sweet potato. I do some bone broth rice, you know, cook some some good clean rice and bone broth. You know, have some fruit for dessert. Like it is delicious. It is amazing. You're I'm making me hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a dream. It's like uh, it's a dream. If you get to eat these foods, you make them delicious. They're simple to cook. Like the the lunch I'm about to make when we get off the show takes me about like eight minutes to make. You know what I mean? It's like all I'm doing is is dumping some things on a plate and heating up a bit of of sausage and eggs. Like eight minutes, I I mean, probably less, really. Well, and the argument too, that a lot of people say, well, eating healthier is more work or it's more expensive and it's just cheaper and easier to just get something on the go for pre-made. And I'm sure you would uh, beg to argue too that that's just simply not true. It may be maybe more expensive to buy it because it's, I don't know, $10 beef versus a five dollar hamburger but you can make four hamburgers out of that ten dollar beef yes yeah if you're buying it from a store or a a restaurant it's always gonna be more expensive because well they have to they do the stuff processing for you you can always make it a bit cheaper at home but also you gotta think of like your monthly bill even like sometimes it's hard to think oh yeah it's like i'm buying like the good beef i'm buying the good eggs but I'm also not snacking, right? Back to that. It's like people don't understand how much money they spend on just stupid stuff. It's like, oh man, I got a $5 coffee. And then you got like a $6 like little snack you didn't need. Like I do none of that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Impulse impulse buying snacking. <laughs> so it's, I mean, over the course of the month. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it is more expensive to buy like a good pound of beef than a box of mac and cheese. I get it, right? And it's like, 
theoretically, you could make a meal for $2 out of a box of mac and cheese and supposedly be full. I mean, it's just not even the same though. You can't compare those two. One has no nutrition. You're, you're, you know what I mean? You're, you're not, you're going to be hungry two hours later. There's just, you got to think on that month scale of I am actually spending less over the course of the month if I'm buying the good foods. And you got to think of the year scale and decade scale of, well, of course, if you're eating the mac and cheese in 20 years, you're going to have diabetes. All right. You may not know this about me, but every morning before I drink my daily coffee, I actually drink electrolytes first. There's two reasons I do this. One, your body is naturally dehydrated from the previous night's sleep and is craving hydration. And two, coffee actually dehydrates you, even though it is technically a liquid. So rule of thumb, hydrate before you caffeinate. I personally use Element electrolytes in my morning routine. It's literally the first thing I drink every single morning. I stick to their raw, unflavored version, which contains no sugar, no flavorings, no coloring, and no fillers. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of salt, magnesium, and potassium. And their unflavored version has only those three ingredients. Element is by far the cleanest electrolyte drink I've found on the market, and I've been looking for a while. Other electrolyte drink mixes have added sugar, maltodextrin, dextrose, gums, and even added oils. Electrolytes are essential for our body to function. So you want to not only make sure you are getting them in your body, but you are getting the best kind. There's also research to back that when you keep hydrated, there are lower risks of anxiety and depression in individuals. So whether you just finished a workout, sauna session, or just waking up in the morning, Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for those following a keto, low-carb, vegan, or paleo diet. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packs free with any Element order. To get eight free packs, you must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash digest to get this offer. Element also has a no questions asked refund policy. So you can try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. So go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash digest to get this amazing offer. I'll also leave that link in today's show notes so you can easily scroll down and order with just one easy tap. Now, what is the food industry doing on purpose to trick us? I know we we touched a little bit on that earlier, but what are some other things that you see the food industry doing literally on purpose to to trick us? Well, I think the plant-based agenda is the biggest scam out there. And the food industry really latches onto it because they have this... Plant-based options are a lot cheaper to make, right? It's like the, the most expensive part about food is the animal source protein, like eggs and meat and cheese. And like this stuff has no shelf life. It is hard to process. It does. You don't make a lot of money off it. Like I, I know firsthand my nose to tail company, I'm not making a lot of money at all. It's very hard business. I'm barely scraping by because it takes so much money to raise the animals and like get it to people. But I have this saying of the, the profits in the processing. And like I, I did a breakdown of it on a video and a post and stuff of like how the food industry works. They can take, you can make like almost no money off a chicken breast, right? There's not like, you're not going to make a lot of money. But if you put sugar flour oil on it, right? You, you dump some, uh, breading on it and add sugar and do all this stuff and make chicken nuggets, then you're selling them for like $8 for, you know, barely any chicken and you make a lot of money. And this is how actually the whole world works. The food industry, if they didn't make so much money off all these products, they, the world would be completely different. They fund so much marketing, they fund lobbying to like keep these subsidies and all these laws the way they are. They even fund studies. 
yeah. right? Like these studies, if you look at some of these studies, like, oh, pasta, like great way to lose weight or something. It's like sponsored by Barilla. You know, totally, giant no, totally. worldwide. And I was like, oh my yeah. God. Big sugar, they 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 fund so many studies and big sugar, I mean, even like Splenda, the zero calorie sweeteners and the sugar industry, they're actually owned by the same company. Oh, it's genius. They do, yeah, yeah they do that like, vertical and horizontal integration. They're so smart. They're like, we're going to make the sugar and we're going to make the sugar substitute. And then we're going to make, I mean, some of these companies, they even get into all in like Bayer Monsanto. It's like, we're going to make the pesticides and then we're going to make all these medications that you need to take. Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally. Know? It's like, they're funding the studies of pharmaceutical companies, like the, the big food companies. Everyone's just in cahoots. If you're talking about, yeah, like the food lies out there and all, all these tactics, it is insane. The more you dig into it, the more you're you're just disillusioned with the whole world and how it works because you realize where's all this information coming from? Well, it's like who's funding it? It's like it's this big circle of of profit where that there's more and more studies being funded by pharmaceutical companies, food industry, all these things. And then it goes in to what the recommendations, what to buy, you know into the healthcare system, sick care system, right? It, it just, it's this big circle. And then it's just like, well, you need to eat low fat products and avoid meat. And I don't know. I, I don't think people purposely want to sick. You know, some people <laughs> go to the the that length of saying that. I think it's more of this happy accident type of thing. Like they're out to make money and these recommendations are not serving anyone. And these food products aren't serving anyone. But they're just like, hey, I don't know. This is, you know, fat's bad and meat's bad. And that's what the WHO told us. And that's what, you know, these whatever studies try to say. So we're just, you know, we're just doing our thing. Well, and I, I truly hope that I know, you remember like the big fat-free movement back in like the 90s, right? And I'm thankfully that movement is, is gone and people are more aware that healthy fats are really good for you. And um, I, I do see that catching on. However, I I really hope in the future and hopefully the near future, I see that with the whole fake meat industry where now like that's the big movement, fake meat. And I really hope like maybe 10 years later, I don't know, hopefully sooner, but people look back and be like, oh, same thing with the fat free. But like, we were all wrong about meat you know, just like they're saying we were all wrong about fat. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I don't know. I think they're going to move it to cell-based meat or like the lab-grown meat. I've seen that. <sighs> Ooh, that's scary. I just was reading something today. I think someone sent me something, but it just seems like it's going to go bad. I mean, I just know it's going to go bad because you can't cheat nature, right? You, yeah. you can cheat nature in some things. Right. Like, yeah, we built an airplane that kind of cheats nature, but you can't cheat nature when it comes to nutrition and like the core foundations of being human, like food. Like, you're never going to make a food that's better than a cow can make food. Right. A cow is designed for, you know, this is like what it's on earth to do is to eat grass and, you know, turn it into meat. Like, you cannot do it. There's no way. It's like alchemy. I say it's like alchemy, right? That's like they're trying to make gold out of other materials and metals. It's impossible. You know, yeah. and you, you're never going to make it. It's never going to be equal. Like there's going to be too many inputs. Like how much refrigeration and different thing, uh, energy does it take to make these fake meats or cell-based meats, right? Like it's like just physically impossible in the universe to take something like a cow <laughs> they can just eat grass and it, all the inputs it needs is sunlight and water and do it better in a factory yeah i mean there's there's coming out they're coming out with fake eggs they've had those now for a while and like you were mentioned the lab grown meat which is basically gmo meat you know and they're i think they've been doing this actually for a while and it's just maybe coming out but it's really insane of what what they're doing to I don't know, just try and manipulate everything and time will tell again um, how that will play out. But again, like you were saying, uh, the food industry, they're just, they're tricking us, whether, you know, they're making money off of us eating Cheetos or they're making money off of us getting sick from eating Cheetos with Pepto-Bismol, you know? It's sad, but that's the way the world works. I've found this over the, you know, six years full time, 
This is the main thing I found is this is the system that we're kind of stuck with. There's huge, huge trillions of dollars at play here that are creating this world. And the there's only two things you can do. Well, first, you just learn about it, right? Know, know that everything's working against you. And two is to just reject that system, right? And it's like, get the real foods. Like, just not use these crazy medications that we're just going to cover up the symptoms. You know, you have to fix the root cause. So it's like, yeah, waking people up, people listening. is Like, you just have to know that this system, almost everything in this big industrial system is backwards. And you just got to know that. Yeah, well, and that's what I love about you is that you are out there helping people, educating people. And with your new film coming out, Food Lies, I'm so excited about this. And you said it's a six-part series, correct? Yeah. So it's changed over the years. It's been a six-year journey and uh, learned a lot along the way. I think it's great that it's taken so long because I kind of just remade the entire film um, from what it was going to be in the beginning. And it got way better and it got it got longer. It became six parts so we, we could tell more of the story. But we really do tell this this whole story of where where do humans come? Like why why do we require animal nutrition? You know, like how did our bodies change? And why do we need this? We need this nutrient-dense nutrition to live. And that and we've that's how our brains grew. That's how we became human is by getting these this higher quality source of nutrition, right? These primates did not get that. And they are still living in the trees, eating fruit. And so we, we need this and we need this and our bodies adapted to it and our guts changed and our, you know, like we have like very different digestive systems that require this. And so, yeah, we start there. We go through the whole story. We go through... The agricultural revolution. I don't know if people know this, but we actually got shorter. We got more disease. Our brains got smaller and our bones got less robust when we started agriculture 12, about 12,000 years ago. Before humans before this were much taller, stronger, and more robust. And we, so the, speaking of, you know, how the references have changed in this modern day. Our reference of what a human should be has even changed from 12,000 years ago. Our earlier ancestors that were just walking around eating animal foods and fruits and tubers and whatever we could find, that is the real reference we should be looking at of like how optimally we can live. And I've interviewed a lot of people that do like paleoanthropologists and the people who study these ancient humans and talking about how healthy we were and free of disease and just stronger and everything was just better. We just lived optimally. Every species on the planet lives optimally in their correct environment and eating the diet that they're supposed to eat. And humans are the only ones that have gone away from it. And that started with agriculture, right? And then there's, you know, the last hundred years is when it really started going bad. And the last 20, 30 years is when it really, really started going bad. And what we're doing is just going more and more away from foods from nature. And so that, yeah, that's the first part of the film. And then we also go through the whole the kind of bad science, like all the stuff that's been done that has been wrong over the years. And we're still getting wrong. At least you say, yeah, we are still, we are finding out that low fat thing was bogus, but there's still so much more that, the mainstream doesn't know about. So we have to go through all that. We show a lot of the new science showing, you know, that saturated fat is not going to kill you. And that cholesterol, eating cholesterol doesn't just like go to your arteries and clog your arteries. Mm -hmm. That's not at all how it works. And that red meat does not cause cancer. You know, there's these like ideas that have been planted by the WHO in 2015 that, you know, red meat is a carcinogen. And it, you know, there's just so much to debunk and the film we actually end with regenerative agriculture well along the way we give a lot of practical tips like we we made this for a mainstream audience that really tells people like what food is and how it works and how to lose weight and how to you know don't you can't just think of it as calories and so many good messages there but then 
uh, it will end with a regenerative agriculture piece and talk about the environment and talk about the ethical part, right? Because we need to, we know we need to address this because there's this big vegan messaging out there that's saying that it's wrong to eat animals and that they're bad for the environment. So we have to debunk all that as well. Oh, I love that you're debunking that. Yes, I can't wait. So uh, so when when does this come out and where can people find it too? I want to make sure that that's known. Well, we don't know where we can find it yet. We're pitching it to Netflix this Ooh. summer. Okay. So I think we can get onto a big platform like that. We just finished filming the interviews last weekend, actually last Sunday. And so we have a lot of editing to do. There's just so much to do. We're trying to make this like the absolute best nutrition film or series that the world's ever seen. So far, only the the big ones that have made it are vegan, right? Like Game Changers was on Netflix. Like there there hasn't been like really good health films that have the right message. It always seems to be the vegan ones that make it through. So we're going all out and it takes a long time, right? We don't have a budget. We're just kind of doing this on our own. So yeah, people can support it. You can go to foodlies.org. And we have an Indiegogo page. So we're still just looking for people to help us do it. And we don't get paid. It's just me and my one friend who's an amazing filmmaker who I grew up with. And he's making this film with me because he has a similar story losing his dad. He's Him and I just working for free. And we're just using any money that we get to pay uh, the motion graphics. We have a custom composer, you know, doing a custom score for the film. Like this, this is like, you know, a real high-end project. Okay. Well, if if anyone wants to go and support foodlies.org and you guys can go and donate there and hopefully we'll uh, get this film up and running and uh, you know, you'll have my support and I can't wait for when it does come out wherever it, it does. And I'll be, be sure to let my listeners know as well. Well, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what do you think too about... Do you ever deal with people that say you're fear-mongering? A little bit, a little bit. And, and I try not to fear-monger. Well, there, there's two different sides to that. I think I, if I'm just talking about eating real foods and eating meat and avoiding processed foods, that's, that is not fear-mongering. You know what I mean? It's like some if, if you're very sensitive and you're like, oh, well, like, what do you mean these processed foods are okay? I, I just... I don't know. I don't know what to tell you because it's not. I think people need to just eat real food. But if you're talking about fear mongering down to the level of like, oh man, like if you have like one piece of bread, you're going to die. You know, like that kind of thing. I, I don't like that stuff. Some people do that. They get really obsessed with like every little thing. And it's really hard to to do this messaging because there's nuance to it. And I don't want to say to just go eat whatever in moderation, right? That's how we got into the trouble in the first place. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, just eat in moderation and like have a balanced diet. And and then all of a sudden, you know, 60, 70% of people's diets is processed foods. But I also don't think that, uh, you know, eating like one thing of processed food is going to kill you. It's the whole addiction thing. Like we talked about when they they have that taste in their mouth, they're like, and now they, they begin to get addicted to it. And then it's it's really hard to stop. Well, you have to know yourself too. So it's like if some people, it's, it's either moderation or an abstinence, right? It's like if, if you know that you're going to get addicted to it, then just avoid it completely and don't try it. But then some people, it's like, hey, yeah, I have it like once every month. It's like, okay, well, you know, I went out and I did this. And, you know, the next day they're just back back on and it didn't affect them and they, you know, maybe they had some enjoyment. So I kind of let people know that it, you got to find out what type of person you are. You have to know yourself for sure. Now, what do you think about our society today in that many are actually aware of what they are putting in their body, yet they don't care enough to change their diet or habits? That's a big one because yeah, knowing this stuff is like half the battle. The other half is doing it. So I think there, there's so much value in you changing your mind and and like identifying as someone who is healthy, right? That is so huge. It's like, and sometimes that, there needs to be a moment where that happens. Like for me, it was losing my parents, right? And then it's like, I am not going to do this. I am going to change my health. I am a healthy person. But some people, they don't ever have that big moment. 
And so they they don't do it. Maybe they try a little bit. They're like, oh, you, you know, like I'm just gonna try to be healthy, and I'm I don't know. I'm gonna eat a salad once in a while. <laughs> and I'm like, that that is not gonna like get you healthy. Like you need to make this conscious decision. I also think that's why a lot of different diets can work, right? I'm not saying you have to eat how I eat, right? You need to eat for nutrients and protein, and you know, not eat too much extra energy, right? For but you could that can go in a lot of different ways. You know, you could eat like a pescatarian diet and be fine. You know, you could eat some fish and you know whole foods and be great. Yeah. But like what they're doing is they're deciding to be healthy. You know what I mean? They're like whatever path they ch- I, hopefully they don't choose you know like a weight watchers diet and they're just like like <laughs> how many points can i get yeah 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 it's like okay but if you if you if you're making that conscious decision of like i'm going to care about my health i'm going to care about whole foods and whatever it may be you're going to do so much better because you made that decision so part of that is finding your why you know it's like okay is it i want i also like give people there's like short term medium term and long term goals for your why right the long term is like i want to be there for my grandkids i do not want alzheimer's i don't want dementia i don't want all you know but some for humans it's hard to think long term like that right cuz if you're just there and there's like it's giant cake in front of you you're not thinking about dementia you're just thinking about that cake but then so then you have the medium term goals and it's like well i'm going on a trip in two months and I want to like go on the beach and look good, whatever. Right. So you can have, or like, you know, I have this like weight loss goal by this time. And then you have your short-term goals of like, once you start eating real food and you get rid of the processed food, you feel so different. And for one, people need to know that Uh, most people don't ever have that feeling because they just always feel like semi bad because they're just eating bad food all the time. But if once you start doing this, you realize, oh man, I can feel great. And I know that if I eat this certain type of thing, I'm going to feel terrible. I'm going to have no energy. I'm going to like fall asleep at my work desk in two hours, or I'm going to have stomach pain or blah, blah, blah. You need to have that short-term thing too, where then that could prevent you from grabbing the big slice of cake because you're just like, I know I'm going to feel bad after this. So making conscious decision what would i am healthy i'm a healthy person now right making that switch and then having your wise the short long medium and yeah i mean it's hard right like i don't know how much advice i can give to people because it's so psychological it's like some people just need a therapist really or they need to figure out these psychological issues i got a friend dr tro he was obese he's a doctor lost i don't know 100 pounds and is now doing great, kept it off for years. And he says 75% of his patients, he has a bit, you know, he has a lot of patients now. He does like a lot of weight loss stuff. 75% of them have trauma in the past, mm-hmm. physical, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, something's going on in their past that have caused them to become obese, right? He works with a lot of obese people and it's very, very consistent that they have this. So, People need to address that. It's like, why are you eating? Are you eating to fill a void? Are you eating because you're sad? I mean, you got to like address that mental side. And so that's, you know, beyond my scope, but people need to realize that. And then within my scope would be, you need to set yourself up for success though, by eating the right foods. So if you know you have food addiction or you know you just love snacking and it's just like, you can't get around it. The best way to combat that is back to satiety, is feeling full. If I used to love, you know, all these types of processed foods and snacking and all that, like years ago, I loved it. But I don't do that anymore because I I I don't have to use all this willpower because I'm full. If I'm eating a delicious meal of protein and fat and I had a steak, I'm not thinking about food. I am fine. I can go to a party and look at an entire table of desserts and I'll, I'm not interested in it because I'm truly not interested. I'm not using yep. my willpower. I'm using the fact that I'm full and I don't need it at all. My body's like, I got my protein. I got my nutrients. I am good. So you got to use these techniques and, and that's the best way to set yourself up for success. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same way. I can definitely look and go to a party and just not be interested knowing 
too, that for anyone with digestive issues, you're like, yeah, that's going to put me in a, I'll be balled over all night if I eat that. No, thank you. Or, you know, for some people too, not even bring, like, you know, not even bringing it inside the home Mm -hmm. and don't even buy it at the grocery store and start there. But the whole mental thing is, is huge as well. Definitely address that if you feel like it doesn't matter if you're full, you know, you're full, but you still keep eating, really try and address what's happening. Are you just, are you trying, like you said, trying to fill a void? Are you scared? Are you bored? Definitely address all areas for sure. I also just had a quick question. So let's talk about your nose to tail and what do you guys offer? Because I think people should know about it. Yeah, well, I do too, because it's hard. Like I said in the beginning, it's like kind of a journey. And I didn't start from day one of like, oh man, I'm going to my my local rancher. But I mean, that's what we help people do is we just give people the best quality meat. Like we do the regenerative practices. You know, we do, uh, it's called rotational grazing. There, It's called holistic management. People may have heard of Alan Savory. Actually, our ranchers here in Texas, they took Alan Savory's class 30 years ago. Alan Savory is just a worldwide figure in the regenerative movement. And he had a TED Talk and he's just an amazing figure in the world. Yeah, basically doing the good practices help the lands. They help the animal be healthier and they help the meat be healthier. So if you if you want to like start making steps to, to do that, I think... Uh, we have a good option for that. You can also go to your local farmer's market, right? You can go like find a rancher near you. Uh, but if you can't, or if you want it to be easier, you know, we can send you a box of meat. Also, what we do is we put the organs into the ground beef. That's a big Love one. It. Yeah. So we didn't talk about organ meats today, but so many nutrients in the organs. It's kind of nature's multivitamin, but a lot of people don't want to eat them. You know, we used to eat a lot of organs back in the day. I remember my grandpa, he would eat liver and onions once a week. And that's a big, that's great. If you eat liver and onions once a week, you'll be super. I love liver. Well, that's good. If you like the taste, not everyone likes the taste. But yeah, we put it in the ground beef. We put kidney, heart, liver, and spleen in the ground beef. And you don't taste it. And you just mix it up and you have a burger patty. And it's super nutrient dense. Wow, I love that. So uh, for anyone, again, looking to find you where you are, uh, pimp yourself out. Where can people find you on Instagram? All that good stuff. Yeah, well, nosetail.org is where you can get the meat. And then most of my stuff is just on uh, different social media under Food Lies. You just search for Food Lies and I should pop up. So that on YouTube, you can search for Food Lies and you can see the intro to the film. It's been a long time making that intro. I, people got to watch it. Uh, when people watch it, they're like, whoa, okay, so this is a real series you're making. You're not just making some YouTube video. Oh, yeah. I actually watched it last night and my husband was in the room too. And he's, he's interested in this stuff too. And so he kind of like started to tune in a little bit. And at the at the end of, of your intro, he was like, wow, that was really well made. And he just like said that out of the blue. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm interviewing this guy tomorrow. So it is a very well made intro for sure. Thank you. Yeah. People, I think I hope we piqued people's interest. You got to watch it. It's on YouTube, Food Lies. But yeah, just search me on Food Lies uh, on Instagram. I do a lot of content on Instagram and um, it's fun to get people to wake up to this stuff through, you know, memes and just, or just simple content, right? Like just, you got to make it accessible to people. Yeah. And then foodlies.org if you guys want to donate um, and help this help get this film out. So thank you so much, Brian, for coming on the show and just sharing your knowledge. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of Digest This comes one of Apple Podcast's top 10 nutrition shows, 
hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming, but that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.